Looking for a graduation gift to inform, inspire, and encourage? When you give a subscription to Christianity Today, you're giving redemptive, relevant news and thoughtful balanced dialogue about the church, current issues, and public theology. Visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to get a discounted student subscription for the graduates in your life. Starting at only $2 per month, this gift will engage and grow their faith throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes or visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to order now. Nigerians, they want you to either be like a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. Right. I actually was down with the cause. I was down with the plan. Me and my cousins, when we were five, were like, yeah, we're going to be surgeons and like we're going to be millionaires. I was on that path. I joined this program in high school called the Health Science Academy, which allows you to be a nurse aide in high school and actually take care of patients. And so wow. I was like legitimately doing all that. During a biology class, my whole life shifted where I had a biology project where the teacher was like, hey, if you don't want to do like an essay or a presentation, I'll let you do a rap. And she just put this out to the yeah, entire class. randomly. Yeah, wow. it was about cellular transport. I talked about how cells are surrounded by membranes, all that stuff, but in rap form. And my friends were like, wait, this is actually really good. This could probably change our life. And they then, said that? Yeah. It then, was that side. So yeah, they were wow. like, wait, you could actually like be a rapper for real, for real. <laughs> do you remember any of the bars? I that? do. All cells are surrounded by a membrane, the structure up inside of that can drive you kind of insane. With a name like Lipid Bilayer, I know it's kind of crazy, right? But when you understand how it's composed, it can be pretty tight. <laughs> Yo, bars you know, for the science. Yeah, yeah, you know, for education. This is Where You're From, a podcast for those who believe it's important to stop and listen before we speak. Join us as we ask another Christian thought leader where you're from and discover how their life experiences and expertise, even if we may disagree with something they say, offer us an important perspective that's worth thinking about. Welcome to Where You're From. I'm Rasul Berry. Trust is defined as a reliance on the integrity, strength, and ability of a person or thing. How many people do we truly trust? When we think about trusting God, how often do we have confident expectations for what God will do in our lives? When do we start doubting? Today, I'm talking to Yawande Isola, best known as Nigerian hip hop artist, Wande, a woman who never stopped trusting the Lord, especially when she had to wait in ways that tested her patience and faith. Wande is Reach Records' first signed woman artist, an accomplishment that came years after serving the music label. But more on that is coming next, after I ask Wande, where you're from. Yeah, so I go by Wande, but my full name is actually Ye Wande. Okay. And so that actually means the mother has come. I was actually born in Nigeria, and then we immigrated to the United States. I ended up growing up in Texas, and then I ended up in Atlanta. Wow, okay, so from Nigeria, to Texas to Atlanta. So let's talk about that a little bit. How did how did growing up in having that background of a whole other continent and uh, culture impact your upbringing? Yeah, it definitely made me appreciate just the ability to know that there's different cultures out in the world. I think it gave me an expanded worldview mm-hmm. where I didn't just see life like, oh, it has to be this way, this way is right. I think it gave me a global perspective and just another way of appreciating how the Lord made 
different types of people. And yeah. Like, you know, he loves everybody in the world, not just America. Right. It was just a lot of fun because, you know, like my parents, like they speak Yoruba to me at home, a whole uh -huh. different language. We eat Nigerian food, but then I was able to go to school and like speak English, eat hot dogs, you know, a great taste. So yes. I think it was a lot of fun growing up. I think I'm able to relate to a lot more people, but I think I definitely enjoyed just having multiple cultures in my life. That's that's really cool. That's something that we have in common. My name is Rasul, which is Arabic, and it's reflective of the fact that my parents were uh, Muslim when I was born, when they had me. Mm -hmm. You also have had some religious diversity in your background. Tell us about that. Growing up, like basically like 99% of my family is Muslim. It was really interesting growing up because it was definitely tension um, once I finally got like saved and gave my life to Jesus for real, for real. Whenever I got saved, I was in middle school actually, and I had gone to a summer camp. And yeah, I just understood the gospel. I was super excited. I was like, yes, Jesus, like, yeah. I just definitely wanted to share my faith with other people, especially like my parents. <laughs> and so I came back home to tell my dad and I was like, yes, like, need to learn about Jesus. He changed my life. All these um, joyous things about who he is. I was definitely met with tension, mm. controversy immediately. Mm. And he was like, no. <laughs> this is bad. He was like, they're brainwashing you. I'm not letting you go to church anymore. This is too much. And he was like, I let you go to church with your mom because I wanted you to be a good person, but this is too much. He liked the moral value right. of Christian faith, but he didn't like the actual transformational mm. part, which is the whole point. Yeah. That's whenever I saw, oh, religion wasn't just like a, something you just, just say like as a conversation topic, like, oh, you know, what are you? Oh yeah, I'm Christian. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's like an actual, like real life changing moment. And I also saw how powerful it was that mm. it could create a division Mm. in moments like that. My life kind of changed, essentially. I wasn't allowed to go to church for like about a month. And then what ended up happening, because I was still passionate about my faith, like I used to have to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning, read my Bible in secrecy. Then eventually mm. it evolved my mom helping me out because she was a nurse, so she could only work every other weekend. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom defended me, so on the weekends that she was off, like she would bring me to church and be like, oh, I don't care, like she's coming with me. And then the weekends that she was working, I would wake up like at five in the morning, go to work with her at the hospital. And then one of my uncles who happened to end up giving his life to Jesus as well, he would bring me to church with his family. Mm -hmm. And so then that's how I'd go to church and get to know more about God. and. Um, just just learn because I just was really intrigued like I was a baby and I wanted to grow in my faith So I definitely needed that phase in my life That was really important to like be in the word and be surrounded by people who who love the Lord And so that was definitely a very pivotal part of my life in my journey just beginning faith Man, that sounds really intense mm -hmm. and kind of interesting and dynamic at home and how was it that Your mom because you I think you told me earlier that mm -hmm. she also had an interesting faith experience that yeah. also kind of maybe was different from the family that she grew up around. Yeah, so even back home, like generationally, a lot of my family was Muslim as well. And my mom actually grew up in a village in Nigeria. And so in the village, like if you wanted to have a better life mm. beyond the village, like you had to go to school. And the only school option that was available was this boarding school. And it was a boarding school that was owned by Christians. Mm -hmm. And so um, my grandma was like, oh, I mean, I guess like, you can go to the boarding school, like whatever, like because that was the only option if you wanted a better life. My grandma didn't plan on my mom ended up getting saved and giving her life to Jesus. Wow. But that's what happened. And the other interesting thing there is that you were saying you were getting up at 5 a.m. to read the Bible when yeah. you were, what, how old? Probably like 13, 14, yeah. I mean, when I was that age, I, I can't imagine getting up for 5 a.m. to do any much anything. So yeah. 
you know, where do you think that that came from? Really, I think it's like realizing that like this is real. Mm-hmm. I think if you really believe Jesus is who he says he is, and you really believe the gospel, then you have to live like it. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're not living like it, then you're almost saying like you don't actually believe it. Like right. Jesus, like he really believed it, so he was willing to die for it. And yeah. so, like that was him him saying like I truly believe that this is serious. And yeah. so, I think me just understanding like if someone's willing to die for me, the least I can do is wake up in the morning right. and read. The Bible, and I think it was so fascinating seeing like why was Jesus so passionate about this? Like why was, yeah. like just even that was like I need to know God more. I need to know this love more. Someone who could love me that in depthly, I want to know. So I think that was also just like the passion, the drive behind me wanting to wake up more and get to know God more. Yeah. Be like man, I need to be knowledgeable so I can even tell people and speak about it in a way that's decently educated as yeah. well. No, that's great. And that's another thing about your story that I'm hearing is like this pursuit that you were on at seeing that this was worth it. And one of the things that that pursuit led to was a specific internet search mm-hmm. that kind of changed your life and, mm-hmm. and trajectory. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's actually funny because it's like my pre-saved story. Shout out to like my teachers and stuff. So I had some really great teachers growing up who planted seeds of me like wanting to know more about God, being like, okay, like, you know, I think God is cool. It kind of started like a curiosity in me at a young age to be like okay like let me get my life together let me start out with my music i can't be listening to this reckless music if i want to like know more about god so i started looking up like christian rappers or christian remix to whatever popular song and it actually led to me finding lecrae on the internet um and then i was like whoa like it opened my eyes to a whole new world and i was like this is crazy remember what song it was yeah it was a song called praying for you um that lecrae has and so that's that song is really cool like it's like a whole juxtaposition he's like praying for himself um but I think it was definitely fire and like I learned about the whole like one one six click and everybody and then ironically that same summer I find out that they're performing at a summer camp that my church goes to Mm. but I was never allowed to go to that summer camp because my dad once again he wanted me to go to church to be a good person not to be saved so like the summer camp was too much for him Mm. I ended up convincing my parents because they have an internship and so I didn't use the word (laughs) church camp I used the word internship (laughs) and so um, yeah you could be an intern at the summer camp and so I was like hey dad like this is an internship I think it'd be really good for like you know my my academics Nigerians love that (laughs) so uh, yeah, Nigerians are really intense about education. Ah, uh, you finessed them. Yeah, nice. and then, yeah, I go to the camp. I'm kind of mainly more concerned about the whole like, Lecrae thing at the time. I'm like, oh, I just want to meet Lecrae and all of them. Like, this would be so fun. And then, and then who knows, plot twist, I end up getting, like, saved for real, for real, and not just, like, Christian right. on the surface. Um, yeah, and, like, my whole life changes because of that camp, ironically. So it's, like, Interesting. full circle, yeah. Yeah, that is to actually now be working in the same label it had touched your life so yeah. significantly. And talking about music, like, let's kind of go there again. When did music become an important part of your life and... How did that manifest itself? Yeah, I think music has always been an important part of my life, but maybe not necessarily hip hop. From a young age, me and my siblings, like we would go up in the morning and watch music videos like while we clean the house and stuff like that. And then in middle school, like all of us played instruments. I ended okay. up taking like music theory. So that mm. actually has helped now because I understand like how to produce and stuff like that. So like usually I direct like my producers like, hey, you should probably do this and all that. That's like kind of like the beginning genesis of my music. And how old were story. you when you were studying music? So yeah. middle school, like 12. Okay. So 12 to like maybe 16. In high school, that's when I discovered I could rap unconventionally. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about this. So you're in middle school. Now, you know, this spiritual journey is launched and then this musical awakening has happened. Mm-hmm. But there's still some cultural expectations. Mm-hmm. So you talked about growing up in Nigerian mm-hmm. in an immigrant household. 
What are some of the expectations that would be for what you might pursue career-wise? Nigerians, they want you to either be like a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. Right. I actually was down with the cause. I was down with the plan. <laughs> Me and my cousins, when we were five, were like, yeah, we're going to be surgeons and like we're going to be millionaires. I was on that path. I joined this program in high school called the Health Science Academy, which allowed you to be a nurse aide in high school and actually take care of patients. And so wow. I was like legitimately doing all that. During a biology class, my whole life shifted where I had a biology project where the teacher was like, hey, if you don't want to do like an essay or a presentation, I'll let you do a rap. And she just put this out to the yeah, entire class. Yeah, randomly. Yeah, wow. it was about cellular transport. <laughs> I talked about how cells are surrounded by membranes, all that stuff, but in rap form. And my friends were like, wait, this is actually really good. This could probably change our life. And they then, said that? Yeah. It they, was that side. Yeah, they were wow. like, wait, you could actually like be a rapper for real, for real. <laughs> do you remember any of the bars from I that? do. All cells are surrounded by a membrane, the structure up inside it that can drive you kind of insane. With a name like Lipid Bilayer, I know it's kind of crazy, right? But when you understand how it's composed, it can be pretty tight. <laughs> Yo, bars you know, for the science. Yeah, yeah. And you still remember that? For education. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so when you performed it, could you feel like, wait, this was more than just an assignment. Yeah, I think I could. I think it was something definitely outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. And it made me feel weird, like, oh, who do I think I am being a rapper? <laughs> but I think I definitely enjoyed it and it was like a lot of fun. And I just started noticing how powerful it was. People would like stare intently and be super hyper-focused while I was rapping. And I was like, yo, this is kind of weird. I was kind of like the educational person in student council type of things. Mm -hmm. So whenever I saw how powerful it was, then I was like, oh, perfect. I'm gonna just tell you about Jesus through rapping because apparently I got your attention now. <laughs> wow, okay, so you do this song, you're in high school. Mm -hmm. Have you now abandoned all medical ambitions? I definitely went through like a battle, I would say, throughout my high school career because Definitely there was a lot of pressure to do the whole doctor thing and just like an internal struggle where it's like, oh, I don't want to disappoint my parents. Right. Just because even if you say, it, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a rapper, like it just sounds impossible. But obviously with God, all things are possible. So hey. the Lord definitely just told me like, nah, this is what I designed you to do. It's what I need you to do. And I was like, oh God, like you make me feel uncomfortable. But one thing I learned is whenever you're walking with the Lord, he's gonna call you to do uncomfortable things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he showed me a dream and I was at a youth camp and there was a girl rapping. She was doing a great job, phenomenal job. And I have a friend who turns to me, we're in the audience watching this girl rap. And she was like, yeah, this is like life changing. Like, this is amazing. I've never seen anything like this. And then like the lights shut down and it's like a spotlight on me. And then the Lord was like, oh, I was supposed to use you to do this, but you didn't listen to me. And I was wow. like, I'm so sorry. And then, yeah, I wake up though and it felt like everything kind of left me. It mm. almost felt like the Lord departed from me and I was like, I'm so sorry, God, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna listen. Wow. I was like, please give me one more chance. <laughs> After that, like I took it very seriously. I was like, oh, God's mm. like, hey, I'm gonna do this with or without you. So wow. get with the plan. I think that's also a lesson within itself. The Lord has plans and he's allowing us to be a part of it. It's not about you, like mm. it's about his plans. I still was kind of scared, so I didn't explicitly tell my parents I was going to be a rapper. I just kind of let my actions show. I'd be like, hey, I have a talent show, pull up. Or, hey, I'm rapping at church, come. <laughs> and then one day I was like, hey, I have a contract. So. <laughs> but you still did go to college, though. Yeah, yeah. Early on, what was the plan in the beginning of your freshman year or whatever? Yeah, so one thing also about my life, again, the Lord used very unconventional plans, but I learned to walk by faith, not by sight. So I majored in uh, journalism and PR. To a lot of people, it just didn't make any sense. They were like, you were studying biology, why are you doing that? Even my teachers were like, oh, you're gonna throw away your future. You have so many scholarships, like just do this. I was like, hey man, this is what God told me to do. Even my parents were like, hey, it's not too late. You can still switch back to biology, you're gonna graduate on time. Mm. It's cool. I did that, um, I studied uh, broadcast journalism and 
PR and it's actually really cool because God used that because through that there was like crazy hyper specific scholarships every single year that I didn't plan for that helped me pay for my whole entire education like here's a scholarship to travel out of state for someone pursuing a career in hip-hop <laughs> like, this doesn't make any sense and it'd be random donors who were like yeah I donated to the school specifically this much thousand it has to only be for someone who's doing this wow and like so it was crazy the Lord definitely just had his hand on my life and like I couldn't have got that scholarship mm. if I wasn't doing journalism. So, but in your mind, you were doing well in biology, mm-hmm. making rap songs that people were excited about that was breaking down cellular transport. Yeah. So you knew what you were doing. What was it about communications and journalism mm-hmm. at that point that said, this is the next step? Definitely one, just this is what God told me to do. So okay. that was the main thing. And then two, I was able to see even if I wasn't in the forefront I could be in the background and like have comfort in that so like even if I wasn't actively rapping because I still didn't know to what capacity God told me to rap I could Uh. also still just do things like film or you know help promote other rappers okay so it was connected to this vision about rap and being a part of that music space and it was like okay even if the vision isn't supposed to be me being up front this degree and this kind of focus Mm -hmm. on mass communications journalism is going to at least allow me to be in the mix of it yeah i see got it now would you say that for you as you had that dream that rap was a calling yeah i think definitely for sure i think i did not plan this for my particular life i would have never thought of this so i would definitely say like i'm literally doing this because god told me to be Mm. here and he's opened all the doors necessary for me to do what i need to do for those that may not be familiar with reach records Mm -hmm. right Tell us what is the significance of Reach Records. Yeah. So Reach Records is a label for Christian hip hop, but it's like one of the first labels that was actually financially successful Mm. making Christian hip hop music. Mm. And it's one of the biggest, actually, Christian hip hop labels where it's home to basically the most successful Christian hip hop artists. So if you're looking for the top tier Christian hip hop artists, usually they've been affiliated with Reach at one point in their lives or they're currently on Reach right now. Gotcha. How do you get from this degree and this major to being at REACH? REACH had an internship program out of state. Ironically, it said don't apply for a rapper, but I just kind of ignored that part. And I was like, <laughs> just apply. By God's grace, I got accepted and it was in uh, the marketing department, which helped with my degree choice, being able to be plugged into that. I had a hyper-specific scholarship that paid for me to live down here and relocate down here. Wow. Yeah, and paid for me to like live and survive while I was doing the internship. Yeah, that's how I ended up down here in Atlanta interning. I thought in my head, oh, perfect. This is the moment God designed. I don't get signed as an intern. Right. Didn't happen. <laughs> I went back to Texas, finished my senior year, got on staff. I was like, this is the moment. Didn't happen. Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> because, all right, so you see the fine print that yeah. says rappers need not apply. Yeah. You kind of casually ignore that. Yeah. So then when you get here... Did they know that you were a rapper? So Did it you, was like, like a weird thing. Some people knew, but some people didn't know. And so I just kind of describe it as like the Lord allowed their eyes to be blinded <laughs> until the time arrived. But I like also didn't want to be pushy and like annoying. So, so that was an allusion to Jesus, and like the disciples on the road to the, yeah. uh, Emmaus. They're talking to him and yeah. they're like, and then he reveals himself. Hey, look, yeah, it was, it's like, like, it's like, look, oh, it's one day. Yeah. I'm a rapper. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> So some people knew, some people didn't. I just kind of wanted it to be a natural progression. Like, hey, I'm good at my job, so you can't fire me. I'm right. good at my job, man. So I just did my job. But then it was like, naturally, you're going to be friends with your coworkers. They're going to look at my social media and find out I'm a rapper. Was that hard to, like, 
be here, be close, and doing all this service for other artists. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was a test of my mental health. <laughs> like, I almost quit at one point. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I had a plan. Like, I had an exit plan. Like, after one year, who doesn't okay. work out? I'm a okay. I'm gonna leave respectfully because I was just like, this is not good for my mental health. Did you have assignments that were kind of great you the wrong way or make you be like, Dag, I have to do this for somebody no, like, else? No, I had an assignment once where I had to find a female rapper for us. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, do you see me? I'm confused. Like, Wait, your assignment was to find a qualified female rapper yeah, that Reach man. could possibly sign. Yeah, man. So I oh, literally, that must like, have been hard. it was definitely a refinement process. Shout out to like my fiance. He helped me a lot through that process. Like, it's okay, guys, with you. But the Lord showed me. He was really refining my character. He showed mm. me like, hey, me blessing someone else has nothing to do with your story. Wow. So I definitely learned how to like root for other people because that's mm. a really big thing where the industry loves to put women against each other. Mm. So I think the Lord definitely taught me in that season like, hey, if he's calling somebody else right now to do something, that's great. And he can bless them just like he can bless you. And so I was like, okay, maybe he's going to sign that person. That person going to help me out. I don't know. So that definitely was an interesting period of time. But I was like, I'm going to be faithful. Okay, so you do a summer internship. It, nothing happens. You yeah. don't broadcast. Hey, I'm a rapper because that would have violated the yeah. expectations. And how long... Did yeah. that go on so before there was? It felt it felt like forever, but mm. it was a six month process before you know actualization and fruition. So okay, so tell me about that moment yeah. of fruition because so, they played a little trick on you. Yeah, it definitely was a surprise. Part of my job, you know, helping artists and stuff like that. So they were like, "Oh yeah, we have a meeting for RG. We're gonna do like a year planning to plan out his catalog." plan out what we want to do, what's the best plan of action to make sure we meet his uh, goals for his release schedule. And he had literally just done one the day before for few. So like, I'm thinking this is real. So we do one for RG and they're like, hey man, RG's kind of late. But this kind of typical artists are late, like it's a normal <laughs> thing. We're like, okay, let's just wait. So they start playing my song on the speaker. And it was a normal thing at that time actually where they would play my music, but it was like a joke. And so it was like a weird joke where it's like, this is funny, but also it's not funny because, like, are y'all going to sign me or not? But they were, like, always dancing and be like, oh, yeah, this song is lit, man. So it was, like, almost like a company, like, fun thing, mm. but not like a, okay, like, yeah. sign me yeah. thing. And so it was like, oh, haha, you're playing my song on the speaker. And um, we have a conference room that's actually right next to, like, the exit door. Mm -hmm. So it's glass so you can see inside who's in there. And so while I'm sitting there with my supervisor and he's playing the music, the exec team was like walking out and then they see us in there and they hear the song and then they walk in there and they all start dancing too and they're like, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is funny. And so I think they're gonna leave like after like 10 seconds of laughter. And then they end up sitting down actually. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. Everybody's surrounding me. And then they stop the music and then they turn on the television and put like a PowerPoint in my face. And they're like, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is getting weird. And they were like, yeah, this is not a meeting for RT. This is a meeting about you. And I was like, what? Wow. Yeah. And so they were like, yeah, we've been watching your character for the past couple months. And we feel like you embody exactly what we're looking for for our next artist. And so we want to like offer you like a contract and stuff. And I was like, is this real life? <laughs> and so, but it was beautiful. Like it was, and that was Man. like the moment whenever I got offered my contract and started this new season of life. That's amazing. And the thing that stands out to me is in addition to the, just that being a somewhat cruel, but also somewhat funny <laughs> kind of <laughs> joke. I mean, like you said, like yeah. you sit there, they're jamming to your songs, yeah. but there's still been no conversation yeah. at all about signing you. But the fact that beyond all that, and once they revealed what the plan was, they said, we have seen your character. Mm -hmm. What did that mean for you that that was 
not just like hey we saw your skill and we think you're dope like yeah that is a given mm -hmm. but there's something deeper that we have noticed and observed that causes us to want to invest in you yeah i think it was beautiful and i think it just kind of spoke to just trusting the plan mm -hmm. i think the lord is showing me like hey all things work together good at those who love him bro no cap it's not it's not a lie i think i definitely was really grateful that i was able to experience what it means to like live it to the end of a testimony mm. so like you'll never understand what it's like to see the lord come through if you don't trust him to come yeah. through so i was like wow this is beautiful like now it's another way i can even just mm. proclaim about what the lord has done bro yeah. and like oh it's, it's true like if you just have faith and believe like he, he's gonna come through it's true y'all Mm. So I think that was what I was thinking in my head, like, yo, this is crazy, dreams do come true. <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. When we come back, Wande will talk about her beginnings and her experiences as a woman hip-hop artist spreading the gospel and pushing back on expectations of her in a culture where women in her position are often over-sexualized. That and more is coming up on Where You're From. If you're enjoying where you're from, would you take a moment to write a quick review and give us some stars? Podcast platforms like iTunes and Google promote highly rated shows. So a one sentence review of what this episode or show means to you and a quick five star rating will help these important stories reach more people. Thank you for your help and keep listening for more of where you're from. This episode is brought to you by Church Salary. Coming up with a reasonable salary range for church staff has never been easy. There are so many details to consider before setting compensation for church staff, and you're probably asking yourself questions like, are we paying too little or too much? What benefits do we offer employees? What's a reasonable housing allowance? Church Salary believes that offering competitive and fair compensation helps keep people in ministry. Using the expansive, church-specific compensation database and powerful salary calculator tool, you can also make better compensation decisions so your staff can focus on their ministries. Start with Church Salary's annual membership today to run unlimited customized reports and get access to our member-only content. Ready to start making better compensation decisions? Get started at churchsalary.com. Hey everyone, my name is Jade Gustafson, and I'm one of the producers for Where You're From. Before we return to our conversation with Wande, I wanted to share a quick teaser from our next episode with Beth and Todd Guckenberger. This is Where You're From. So my dad ended up dying from cancer at 51, mm. and I had no room in my theology for God not to come through for me. And that's absolutely what it felt like. So I had this idyllic, like, Jesus-loving childhood that quietly built a little bit of a false theology that if you do things God's way, God will do things your way. I look in hindsight and realize I'm glad that faith was rocked in the way that it was because I would now spend the rest of my adult life in the middle of very difficult storylines and very, very hard injustices. And I needed to have room in my faith to realize that something can be be hard and still be good. Welcome back to Where You're From. I'm Russell Berry. And in just a moment, we'll jump back into our conversation with Wande. But before we do, just a quick reminder that the show notes are available in the podcast description. They not only contain the talking points for today's show, 
but also a link to check out Wande's website, her music, and our recent interview with her fellow Reach Records artist, Lecrae. Keep an eye out for more conversations with artists from Reach Records. The show notes are available in the podcast description or on our website at whereyou'refrom.org. That's where, Y-A, from, dot O-R-G. The first and foremost arc of your story is about a person falling in love with God, following him and trusting him, not knowing where that's going to go. And regardless of what obstacles or hurdles or cultural expectations, family expectations might be in your way. And that's just universal. Mm -hmm. But there's another layer of the story as it relates to you about what made that moment in that conference room at Reach Records, the premier Christian hip hop or, you know, just faith oriented music space. Mm -hmm. And that is your Reach's first woman artist that has been signed. Tell us a little bit about that aspect of your journey from the beginning. And what was it like to have that vision and that dream in a context that maybe there wasn't a whole lot of you that you could look up to? It's definitely just beautiful. Hey, shout out God, you know, (laughs) being able to like live it out. I think in my particular life, the Lord has blessed me with like people who respect me. And I've been able to be placed in leadership positions since like I was a child. So I think it didn't seem unattainable, I guess per se, but I think it's been a lot of fun and it's been cool because like we're learning together. The reach, it's like, oh, we never had to worry about this. Or even there's a lot of shows now where I'm at the point where I'm headlining now. And it's like, oh, like we never had to think about a dressing room, like because, you know, guys don't have to put on makeup and get ready for the shows like they already were in their clothes. And so just different things like that where even the churches I'm going to are learning new things. But it's been a lot of fun. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, and tell me about that because, I mean, in addition to just being an incredibly talented MC, male, female. You're just dope, Mm -hmm. right? But what has hip-hop missed by not highlighting and platforming female artists more? Yeah, I think they miss just the perspective that comes from being a woman. There's different ways we approach things that maybe men won't. Then there's also Mm -hmm. of like, oh, we need to talk about this perspective. What about the women who are being holy Mm. and living their life and minding their business? So why don't (laughs) you just teach also the men, hey, like have self-control, different things like that. Just different narratives in that perspective. I think also women need to hear a message because like Reach has done a great job of like teaching men how to man up. But then it's like, okay, who's talking to the women, teaching them how to like be godly women coming from a woman? Because it's hard for a man to teach a woman how to be a woman. So I think just even that type of perspective. Yeah, obviously in broader hip-hop spaces. This is probably almost like the golden age of women rappers in the culture. What has been your perspective, your observations, the good, the bad, and the ugly Mm -hmm. of that reality? Yeah, I think it's beautiful that we have so many women out. It actually is a lot now. It's crazy. And they're kind of dominating. They're kind of running the game. I think the only bad part is a lot of women, they find their validation in the world. They find their validation in their body. They're doing it from what they think is a good standpoint, but they don't realize it's actually flawed. Mm -hmm. So like they think like, oh, because men want to sexualize me, I'm just going to reclaim that and be over-sexual. But then it's like, you're just further causing the problem now we're just going deeper and deeper into sin and deeper and deeper into being provocative they think it's coming from a standpoint of like oh if you hurt me i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. be overly like this so you can't hurt me but it's like not it's not fixing the wound right and so i think that's the flaw that comes with a lot of female rappers because that's where they find their source of identity which is where we come in where we're like no like we find our identity in christ and we realize i'm more than just my body who i am and then even with my body i want to honor the lord with my body like i don't want to be out here reckless and bragging Mm -hmm. on different things i'll do sexually with other people versus like i want to brag on 
my Lord and how far he's taking me and how good he is in my life to where you know, all those other things are irrelevant and stuff like that. And so I think that's the only unfortunate part because there's so many talented women out yeah. here. And so I think it'll be beautiful to see more artists get saved and like be able to bring that energy yeah. to their music as well. Like, hey, as for me and my album, <laughs> we're going to praise the Lord. <laughs> so I think it'll be beautiful to see like maybe even us with Reach as we continue to grow, see if we can infiltrate culture as well yeah. and continue to be unashamed whenever yeah. we get in those spaces and be like, yeah, yeah. you want to be on my album, man. Yeah, That's, that's so good that. because you see, I'm old enough to remember the first wave of female rappers like Queen Latifah, MC Light, mm -hmm. Bahamadia, Lauren Hill, mm -hmm. who just stood flat-footed on the microphone without the extra, yeah. right? You've seen one lane mm -hmm. that people go in. What does the lane look like for you to be like, I'm going to take ownership of my sexuality by exposing that and that being my image? Mm -hmm. What's your counter to that? Or like, what is your vision? The story you want to tell us? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like, my identity is found in Christ. So with that, he's writing a new story. Honestly, mm -hmm. I don't even know what the future holds. It's mm -hmm. beyond what I can comprehend or imagine. The Bible even talks about that. Wow. The future... Who knows, man? Yeah. <laughs> but I think, for instance, I'm just really excited to know that God is going to take things further than I anticipated. He already has. Mm. I've had some explicitly Christian songs that have been on ESPN or Michelle Obama has yeah, yeah. Yeah, appreciated. Well, I was about to say, like, yeah. they call you the first lady of reach. Like, yeah. literally, you're the first lady of reach. Yeah. How have you seen the perspective that you bring influence even the culture or some of the decisions you're at reach? Yeah, I'm a very ambitious person and I love quality things, man. So I think in terms of the video world, yeah. I've been able to bring some new things to that world. I love dancing as well. So I brought choreography to videos and been able to, you know, incorporate dancers who want to honor the Lord through dancing, mm. like into my videos. I brought different color schemes and yeah. just fun vibes to the videos. I think, hey, man, if we're going to do video production, let's, let's honor the Lord that way, too, and do high quality. Yeah, so. that, that song, Don't Worry About It. Mm -hmm that you brought all of the creative elements to it. Another thing that you shared with me earlier was kind of the story behind Live Forever. That mm -hmm. song came together mm -hmm. and you kind of adding some advocacy for a woman's perspective mm -hmm. uh, in the rollout. How else have you seen being, you know, adding a woman's perspective at Reach play itself out? Yeah, I think also I've been able to bring a new site of just I think men think they know what women want, but they don't know unless you ask an actual woman. Mm. So I think a lot of times in the past, like men were like, oh, women inclusion perfect. We'll have like a woman song and we'll put it on. Just the, put all the, these different yeah, women we'll on put all the girls on that one song. And it's like, how, how about you add us on your songs? Mm. Why don't you just treat us like an equal? I think a lot of them never mentally processed that. Like, oh, yeah, 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 I can put you on my song. I think it's been cool with songs like Live Forever, for instance, where we just all are able to be on one song and... It turns out well, man. Yes. Yeah. And you bring your melodic, you know, yeah. singing element and you kind of bring your bars. Hey, too. man, we do what we need to do. <laughs> it's amazing to kind of see this journey play out, which has been this kind of like synthesis, this confluence of all these aspects of who you are, your culture, your faith, you know, your sense of self, even your academic experiences. Mm -hmm. Now I want to talk about the music mm -hmm. because Exit album that came out. Yeah. Phenomenal, right? Appreciate it. And there's some aspects of it where you get really personal and kind of tell your story. Specifically, tell us about Wakanda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Wakanda, <laughs> not Wakanda, 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 Wakanda get it? That's uh, yeah. So yeah. tell us about that. 
So Wakanda was a lot of fun. Um, I have Yoruba in there. So yes. That was cool. I got to sample my voice. And I'm saying, actually, in Yoruba, the translation is, the Lord has seen me, so let's rejoice mm. and let's dance. And so, yeah, I'm like, hey, man, dance for real. Like, the Lord has took us a long way. I really love that song because it's a reflection of that in the energy. And then I just talk about how far the Lord has taken me. And I talk about stereotypes that, you know, people have on me but it don't matter because i'm still praising the lord so we still gonna keep going so it's a really fun song yes and i i mean i was listening to this and i'm like i don't know how many hip-hop songs have yoruba hooks do you know of it i don't know i mean i think that's you're kind of a trailblazer in that way was that meaningful to you just to kind of be able to say this is who i am too yeah i think it's really beautiful and i think it just kind of creates an effortless vibe whenever you're able to just live out who you are and it makes the music that much more personal when it's like, yeah, it's just really me being myself. Yeah. So, Oluwati Rimi means the Lord has seen me. Then, Oya Jofumi means come on, let's dance, let's rejoice. Oya Pakuromo means like, come on, like, do it for real, don't don't play about it. And then, Oya Jekalo means let's go, let's get it. Yeah. When people listen to your music, when they, you know, watch your videos, what do you want? them to take away from that and want them to know about who you are. One of my big things that I'm pushing right now is a brand called Win Within. Mm-hmm. And just, I want people to take away, if you're not winning within, if the Lord and you are not cool, all this stuff is irrelevant. All this mm-hmm. exterior things doesn't mean anything if you're not winning within. Just also like with your relationships with people, like with your internal family, if you're cool outside and cool at church and then you come home and you're like a horrible person, all of this is irrelevant. So the biggest thing I want to take away is making sure that you're winning within, make sure you're winning like with your relationship with Christ and like that you're prioritizing that before all the external things. And whenever you look at that and that's your definition of success, you'll always end up winning in the end. That's beautiful. And thank you for being an example of that winning from within. And I think the thing that I could tell impress reach and, you know, just me and getting to know you is the fact that that mentality you had to be here as an intern and serve and literally, and you did that job. You looked for other, for female rappers that they, to suggest yeah, for them. Yeah, you, some options, man. You know, <laughs> while you were actually waiting in the wings, trusting God though, mm-hmm. and not just saying, y'all, you're blind, I'm right here. Yeah. But the aspect comes from a place of a real confidence with God. Yeah, how did you get that? I mean, just trusting the Lord. I think the more you mm. trust him, the more he'll never fail. Mm. And the more confidence you'll have. Like, he didn't fail me before, so yes. why would he fail me now? Yeah. Wande truly embodies someone that has a reliance on and confident expectation in God. From her courageous career change that led to working at Reach Records to the music she is putting out today, she has truly shown what it looks like when we put all our faith and trust in the Lord. This is where you're from. I'm Russell Berry. And remember, it's not just about where you're at. It's also about where you're from. This show was produced by Mary Jo Clark, Daniel Ryan Day, Ryan Clevenger and Jade Gustafson and was engineered by Gabrielle Bauer and Kevin Burgess. Also want to give a quick shout out to Londa and Nicole for their help in supporting and promoting where you're from. Thanks, y'all. Where You're From is part of the Voices Collection from Our Daily Bread Ministries.